0: And this is how I met
1: Tyler Durden. Did you know if
0: you mixed equal parts of gasoline and frozen orange juice concentrate, you can make napalm? No, I did not know that. Is that true? That's right. One can make all kinds of explosives using simple household items. Really? If one was so inclined. <laughs> Tell you are by far the most interesting single-serving friend I've ever met. Everything on a plane is single serving, even the... Plane. Oh, I get it. It's very clever. Thank you. How's it working out for you? What? Being clever. Great. Keep it up, then. To... Right up. So why are we here, Andrea?
1: We're here to talk about Fight Club.
0: Wait, wait we can't talk about Fight Club.
1: Well, somehow the club you just keeps broke getting the, bigger. You just
0: broke the... F- First so and second rule of So Someone keeps talking Club.
1: about Fight Club.
0: It sounds like it's you.
1: And since it's, if it's y'all's first week here, we have to punch you in the face. Welcome to our podcast.
0: Yeah, welcome back. We're novel ideas of the illiterati. We never introduce ourselves this way. We never say our names anymore.
1: Oh shit, we don't.
0: But here we are. So, <laughs> today hey, we're going to be talking about fi- Fight Club.
1: We're nameless like the narrator.
0: I like being nameless same it makes there's a little bit of freedom in it you know which apparently the narrator actually does have a real name so says Chuck Palahniuk and it's sequential sequels in graphic novel form because a lot of people don't realize that there's actually two sequels to Fight Club
1: yeah I saw that I'm gonna have to check them out because I wasn't aware until this go-around but Mm -hmm. I'm very excited we're doing
0: this. So, uh, yeah, Chuck Palinuk, Palanuick, however you pronounce, like, I want to say I really do not know how to pronounce his name. I've always pronounced it Palinuk. Same. Um. But uh, he wrote this book back in 1996, I believe, and then the movie was directed by David Fincher mm-hmm. in 1999, and... If I remember correctly, it didn't really do that well at the box office, and be- then it later not. became a cult film, and now it's kind of a huge pop culture thing, which probably not as much as it was about, like, ten years ago, but it's uh, still a very prominent movie on people's minds, and people misinterpret the book a lot. Which oh, is you don't say. say. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, (laughs) what is it? I I love, like, does yours have the afterword with Chuck Palahniuk in it?
1: I don't think I read it this time, but I have read it before, yeah.
0: He just talks about, like, how people didn't even know it was a book, and then, like, the movie caused, like, so many issues because people started actually making fight clubs and doing really shitty things, and he's like, this isn't what I intended at all. Poor Chuck. But, you know, still, he made a pop culture book, I guess you could call it, a pop culture book. I don't really, I guess it's, like, hard to cl- call Fight Club pop culture, but I guess technically it is, because it's so well-known.
1: Oh, definitely.
0: It's just when you, when I think of, like, pop books or film, this isn't really, like, just, like, the style of it just doesn't come to mind, but... It definitely, uh.
1: Good things is do now. get popular sometimes, just not often. Well, speaking of. Wait, before we go away from that, you know, I don't hold authors accountable to people twisting their stuff. Obviously, if you actually read Fight Club, you shouldn't be thinking the next day, I'm gonna start fighting a bunch of people. That's not the point of the novel. <laughs> um, in the same way that I recently learned, uh. What was it? Catcher in the Rye was the favorite novel of. I'm blanking on his name, but the one who shot John Lennon.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He left a note. Uh, yeah. Well, he left the book with the note in it, inside of it saying, this is the reason why I shot John Lennon. It's something basically like that.
1: And that's not JD's fault. You know, people twist your work sometimes. And also, you know, like Lolita. No one should be reading Lolita and thinking, oh, this guy's onto something. Let me find a young woman, a young lady, a young girl. And do some sketchy shit. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of books that people can misinterpret. Like, American Psycho is another one where, if I remember correctly, people were like, "Oh, this author is a is a woman hater," and if I remember correctly, it's written by a woman. So, <laughs> um, which so that's that's hilarious. Let <laughs> me um, just make sure on that American Psycho. Oh, not American Psychiatric Association, fuck off.
1: <laughs> hey, hey, hey.
0: Obviously they're telling me I need to look get, do something.
1: You can't diss the APA to me. Actually no, I I'll I'll diss them with you. I don't know why they had to change the names of all the disorders a little while ago just to confuse everyone. Sometimes people get bored and want to amend a textbook and make people pay a bunch for it. I don't know.
0: Mhm. Sorry, American Psycho was written by a man, but it was the film was directed by a woman by Mary Oh okay, so um yeah pe- when the when the movie came out, people were like, "Oh, this movie's about hating women, and it's not uh so yeah, it's interesting how books get get misinterpreted by people a lot, or uh, like the thing is is like and, and, and I think like the glorifying of fighting is more so in the movie than it ever is in the book. The book makes it a little bit more raw, but the, the movie sort of, because it's film and you want to, you, you get to look at like all these chiseled guys beating up one another.
1: Well, that's the thing, it's, you sort know, of, it's I, like that scene.
0: You could argue it glorifies it a little bit, but I don't really know. But
1: I wouldn't say it glorifies it, but you get Brad Pitt to be in that role. I mean, there's that funny scene when they get on the bus and they're pointing at some male model and... Norton goes, Is that what they're trying to tell us a man looks like? And I'm like, It, yeah, but at the same time, you have Brad Pitt, who was at the time probably still considered the sexiest man alive, and you put him in a very right. oiled up, bloodied up, punching the shit out of some dudes, looking cool doing it. You know, it, they're not trying to glorify it, but Brad Pitt just makes things look good, you know?
0: And to be fair, I mean, Tyler Durden is supposed to be played by what, um, the narrator believes is the is a perfect guy it's who he wants to actually be so it makes sense uh casting brad pitt in that role
1: and uh tyler durden's just a great character but there's a difference between great character and character you want to do things like i mean you know the joker's a great character you're not trying to aspire to be the joker Mm
0: -hmm. oh yeah it's it's or or holden caulfield for that fact like holden caulfield Fun guy. Do you want to be him? No, he's kind of a fucking twat. Like, so it's, it's, don't, don't become, don't always become the characters that you like in, 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 uh, in media.
1: Ramsey Bolton. Great. Don't start cutting people's penises off.
0: Oh, damn. Is that what I'm supposed to not be doing? (laughs) Damn it. God damn it. I guess I gotta go apologize to a couple of people real quick.
1: And yeah, speaking of cutting dicks off, we're back. We're f- kind of back around to Fight Club again.
0: <laughs> yeah, Fight Club. Except for, you know, just specifically the scrotum. Just specifically the scrotum. Lots of, lots of threats to the scrotum in the book and in the film. So I have a... I, have a, before, I, I, I don't know. I was going to la- see this for later, but since we're sort of like in an anecdotal uh, pre-getting into <laughs> things... Um, so so the first time that I read this, I was, uh, I was like, I think 16 or 17 and I went to go visit my brothers, um, at college during my spring break because I was bored as fuck. Um, so I went to go hang out with them and Marshall was like, Hey, read this book. Um, I was like, okay. And, uh, he was like, "Well, uh, we're gonna go to this pool that I go to and hang out with some people." And I was like, "Cool. I don't know these people. I'm just gonna read." So, so uh, for, for the for the viewers, uh, because y'all don't know fully what I look like, there's you know that that illustration of me on the on the cover with me and Andrea. But I'm a very pale guy. I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a pale boy. <laughs> you, you you can. Go, go to your closest notebook, pull out a piece of paper, and y- y- look how white it is now now, go a couple shades lighter, and that's that 's my skin tone um, <laughs> so i i I got really into the book, and i wasn 't thinking of you know reapplying sunscreen and shit like that and uh so I was reading and I, I finished the entire book in that one seating which is a good thing because for the next week I was burnt red <laughs> as 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 can be and could not move and I had a lovely uh fight club book tan on my stomach that lasted for probably oh I don't know it was, it was that 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 rectangle square on my stomach probably lasted for about I don't know 6 months maybe
1: but it's okay it cuz like no that. woman saw you going, with your shirt off <laughs>
0: oh that's not entirely true because i lived next to oh. the beach and uh in the summer everyone ever, there was so many activities uh at the beach so for, for 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 that entire summer i uh you know just had a had this weird looking square on my <laughs> on my stomach so good times good memories with fight club it's great
1: oh. <laughs> but i'd argue well worth it i mean it's a great novel and normally I'd be summarizing a bit.
0: Oh yeah, getting ca- potentially getting cancer is, is always worth it to read you know, a book.
1: On a long enough timeline, we all get skin cancer. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up! All right.
0: I got a, I got a, I, I got cancer on my foot. Yeah, it's shaped like Australia. <laughs> I can quote things too from the book.
1: All right, guys, this has been fun. <laughs> for putting this out, it's officially done.
0: <laughs> hey, it's, it'll make it easier. It's for It's gone me on to too edit. fucking cool far. Uh, but yeah
1: normally i'd be summarizing this but if you don't know fight club especially this week why the fuck are you here there's spoilers big spoilers spoilers that will ruin your first experience but also where have you been that you haven't heard of fight club so i'm Mm -hmm. not summarizing it just read uh, it, watch it, come back. Yeah,
0: all you ten-year-olds out there, why? All you ten-year-olds who are listening to this podcast, how dare you not? Know also, what if fight you're ten, don't is. listen
1: to this. We just discuss genitals again, like immediately, right <laughs> off the top.
0: Hey, I feel like kids are 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 growing up faster these days. Their kids in society are going to soon be like the kids in a brave new world, and and fucking at the age of ten. So. Uh, that's, 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 that's that's going to be the way things go from now on. You on, know right? what? And the you know world's what? about to end. <laughs> Let the
1: kids enjoy themselves, you know? Go offer a kid a cigarette. Let them have something of life before it all ends.
0: Mm-hmm. So anyways, let's actually get into the story.
1: Our pre and post-amble <laughs> is going to get longer and longer each time. All right, so... I want to talk a little bit about Chuck Palahniuk, because I didn't know shit about him despite reading a lot of his books, and I decided to, you know, do some more research this time around. We're doing research. Mm -hmm. We're being an adult podcast. He didn't start writing till his 30s, which is inspirational.
0: I think technically technically 27 or 28 was when he really started writing, because he joined a writer's group around that age, and... He was influenced, uh, well, influenced slash a mentor. Uh, I forget the name of that writer that was in the writers group that kind of influenced his uh, minimalistic writing style. Which, yeah, uh, yeah. Fight Club didn't come out till I think he was like thirty four.
1: Yeah,
0: if I remember correctly. No, no, that sounds about right. Um, and and uh, so, so sorry, I'm just I sort of just kind of took over because I actually do know quite a. Bit about Chuck Palahniuk because I did a lot of research because I used I read a lot of his stuff when I was younger, um, so this is all memory things and hopefully it's all correct still, um, but uh, Fight Club wasn't actually I mean it's his first published book but it wasn't his first book, um, Invisible Monsters was the first book he ever finished, and it was deemed too dark to be published. And he got pissed off, so he wrote Fight Club, an even darker book, and then got that one published. And then Invisible Monsters, I think, was either his third or fourth book published. So his first book that he wrote didn't even get published until uh, a couple years after his uh, first book got published. So.
1: Yep. Yep. And.
0: But also, th- but also, he was like a journalist, um, and he. But he also did like a bunch of random odd jobs. So he graduated,
1: started working as a journalist, didn't quite like it. So then he started being a mechanic. And I don't know. I, I like interesting life trajectories like that. And also he had some random like violence in his family because his grandfather shot his grandmother. And then his dad was dating a woman who was scared of her previous ex and then thought his dad was, you know, a big strong man enough to kind of help defend her and then the ex shot them both and that inspired his novel oh, Lullaby oh,
0: nice.
1: um, which is so crazy so like that's something I really I found as someone who also likes to write he was saying that he first started drafting that one up in the courtroom uh, as this guy was being sentenced who who committed the murders and I have found that so true and one of my college professors said that where he said you know This is how you are aware you're an author. You could be standing there by your father's deathbed, and in your head you're thinking, how am I going to write about this? Um, So I just found that really relatable. (laughs) Of just inappropriate times to be like, ooh, commit that to memory for future writing. Um, Well, one thing that's just really cool to me about him, he's quite uh, dedicated to his fans. And apparently, I don't Mm -hmm. know if he still does, but at a certain point people were sending him short stories and he would actually read them and send them back feedback on how to improve their writing, which is just so cool to me. And then he would publish tips for writers on his website regularly to, yeah. Yeah. Cool dude.
0: Yeah. I used to read his, uh, his website blog, um, back in like early college when I was really into Chuck Palahniuk. Uh, I I haven't really read much. Like the last, the, the newest book of his that I read was um, Doomed. And I just, I don't know, after that one, I just kind of was like, oh, I'm kind of tired of his style. But it was nice going back to Fight Club. Um, it's not my favorite book by him, but it is a really good book, and I really like the writing. And really the writing, his writing style, at least in this book, really reminds me of Kurt Vonnegut.
1: Yeah, I can see
0: it. Just... Where um, there's like little things that sort of uh, cycle back through. Um, for ex- uh, the obvious one is, you know, I am Joe's inflamed colon. Uh, I, right and J- Joe's sense of revenge or and all that stuff. I mean, there's there's other things. There's the uh, like the castration stuff, or I mean, it literally starts off with the testicular cancer and people like having their their balls removed, but then it comes back around as a form of, like, threatening people, and uh, it's, it's, I like, I like the way he has a bit of, like, the circular writing uh, to his style, Um, and it's, it's, like, every little thing is, is important, Um, even, like, him just listing off random facts about things, like, all the different ways to, to produce napalm or um, how, like, different types of weapons or um, just 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 when he just goes on, like, these little sprees of, of info. It's all technically important for the character.
1: Yeah. And he so. does this in the novel. Oh, I'm going to blank now. There's a novel about a cult member whose cult all committed suicide, and he missed Survivor. it. Yeah. But that one is more of just, like, there's some cleaning tips, like how to get blood out of anything, stuff like that. Like, those facts are kind of more... It, it's mm-hmm. in a different line instead of, you know, anarchy information. But he just researches a lot of things yeah, at I once think all of, for a novel, which is pretty cool.
0: I think he... Yeah, he he does that a lot, and I think in most of his in most of his novels, at least the ones that I've read. Uh, I, I remember reading Rant, which is probably my favorite of his, either Rant or Haunted. It's it's a hard toss up between those two. But I I remember those use having a lot of like info dumps on random uh on, on random topics. Yeah. But and I I still want rant to become a film and I know survivor was supposed to become a film, but then nine 11 happened. And because there's like a plane crashing into a building, I think in that book that they decided to not do it. Um, so Choke
1: got turned into a movie that I've seen. Mm-hmm. We could have, uh, you know, potentially cover that at some yeah. point. And I also really liked *Pygmy*, which is, um,
0: I haven't read that it's one. It's about
1: really young people.
0: I've heard that one's people. hard to read.
1: Eh, I mean, I'll tell you why, but it's about really young people that are essentially uh, Russian spies, and then they kind of unleash on a mm-hmm. high school. And But that one's just really funny because it's like his witty sort of writing style, but also as if it's someone speaking English as their second language. And it's just really fun writing. Like, they describe Holland as you know, floating plant semen and shit like that. And it's really fun. Because, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a witty-as-fuck author. That's one of the best things about him is, I would say even if you're not a reader, I know some of our listeners aren't. I, again, I'm not judging you too hard. But he is a very fun, punchy author that I think anyone could get into.
0: Oh, yeah. And because he's not... He's not pretentious at all with his writing, and it's he, his sentences are structured very simple, which is where I find a connection back to kurt vonnegut and even like the way he tells a story i i i i, I I'm wondering if Chuck read um, read uh, the essays Kurt has on, on the way to tell stories because the way Chuck structures his stories is very similar to Kurt, and it's uh, uh just just sort of a, a a random a random theory i <laughs> I'm throwing out there i'm not I don't know if this is true or no, not no Chuck,
1: when you listen, please feel free to let us know if we're off the mark here um that would be great
0: <laughs> yeah oh f- fuck, give me one second uh what just happened okay, it's still recording oh, that scared me for a second. <laughs> Leave that in um, <laughs> that. Re- <laughs> <laughs> oh i will i will uh, uh i really scared the hell out of it i was like oh god no <laughs> how much did i just lose um no we're good uh
1: right but <coughs> fight club Ooh, <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> yes so fight club <laughs> let's actually get to the to the story so we're following a nameless narrator who is an insomniac who uh has to who who is trying to basically be able to sleep, and the only way he's able to sleep is by going to these group therapy sessions. We said we're not summarizing, though, Michael. He gets pissed off when. Are we no. not going to summarize? I mean, I wasn't going to summarize the ending.
1: No, fuck him. I'm going to give up the spoiler right. right from right, the start.
0: <laughs> all right, all right, you can start it. <laughs> Sorry. Um. You're the one who stopped me. You go All ahead. right, so.
1: I'm going to say in a lot of ways the movie's better. But there's things they each do... Like, there's little things that one does better than the other. Um, But, for example, the movie condenses it down... Because, you know, you have this scene where he's now working with Tyler... And, you know, they're working at that high, ritzy hotel. And they're pissing in the soup and jizzing in it left and right... And the whole showdown with the boss is with the manager there, where he's beating himself up and trying to blackmail the employer. And then in the movie, they kind of skip all that and the office exploding. And it's just him with his corporate boss, which I can see in the interest of time, that was really smart to do, especially I guess we see him more at the office job anyway. And it was just such a great setting for that to happen too. Like when he smashes through that coffee table, and acts the ever-loving fuck out of that scene.
0: Oh yeah, I'm Edward, and Brad Pitt seemed like they were having. So, even Helena, fucking hell. I love you, at Helena. Uh, I'll mention this every time you pop up. I love you. Um, <laughs> but um, all everyone seemed like they were having a great time. And Meatloaf, oh <laughs> Meatloaf, he like he brought so much character to Bob, and like. Rereading the book, I'm like, oh, Bob really didn't, like, have a lot. But Meatloaf, just, like, the way he plays as Bob, as, like, sort of, he's, like, this big guy who's also really timid and just, like, sad because he doesn't have balls anymore. Yeah. And he just, like, like that time, like, that, that moment when he's, uh, he's, he's meeting um, Edward Norton's character again, just, like, on the street. And con- he's like, Corn- Cornelius, Cornelius. And then, like, he's just, like... He's like, oh, I have a new thing, but I can't, I can't, I can't uh, talk about it. And and the second rule is, I can't (laughs) talk about it. And then, um, and then Edward's like, Bob, Bob, I'm a part of it too. And he's like, oh, oh, that's fucking oh. And he's just like really, like he's like he's once he says fuck, he like like he he says it loud, but then he's like, oh, he's like um, like covers his mouth and is like super timid. And it's like this big guy who is also just a, a fucking lovable teddy bear. And I. The way he 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 portrays Bob is just gives it gives the character so much more life than the book does. Oh,
1: I agree. Um, I will say because you know movies are a little easier to remember sometimes, especially because I've probably rewatched it more than I've read this novel. But I had forgotten how much more of an attachment our narrator has to Marla. There there are more instances of them just spending time together in the novel. Um, You know, her coming over, they're walking through the garden. There's more of a relationship with Marla, Whereas in the movie he's kind of just a dick and dismissive to her the whole time. And of course, once you know, it's because he thinks she's with Tyler. All those times where he's like, why are you here? And she's really hurt, you know, it, it makes more sense, especially because, you know, the first time around you're like, why does she care what he says? She's fucking Brad Pitt. Like, it doesn't matter, but...
0: Right. And that's where the book does a better job of portraying the relationship between the narrator and Marla and um what, like she's already a troubled person and she's attached to this guy who she's she's basically in love with and but really she's like in a fucking abusive relationship but from uh especially in the book when she talks about like her previous relationships and stuff like that she's just It makes sense why she keeps sticking around because she's just used to being abused her entire life.
1: Yeah. And when he's Tyler, he's much nicer to her. But, you know.
0: That's debate. I mean, somewhat debatable. Um, Because I would argue that, like, especially, like, you know, like when when, uh, the narrator comes to, like, help check, like, for her breast cancer and then... Like that, like the instances you, were, you you just mentioned with them walking through the garden and stuff like that, and them hanging out. I, I wouldn't say that Tyler's. Tyler is like the um. Is like, is almost like a fetish for yeah. her. Like he's the, driven by sex, trying to be overly powerful, um, and but he, still but Tyler isn't there when she needs it Tyler's really only there for the sex cuz ty- there's no real like instance of them really well I mean it's 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 hard to know because we don't really ever see um her and Tyler really interact true I mean we do know
1: Tyler is the one who goes to save uh, her you know when she takes uh, all the pills Although, right. this implication right. there is that Edward Norton, so he takes the phone call, he leaves her hanging on the phone, and then he falls asleep, because that's how much she doesn't give a shit, so then Tyler can come get the phone. It's like, <laughs> come on.
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, to be fair, she's, she's the she's the reason why he's not sleeping anymore. That's true.
1: So, so he's like, oh, good, she's dying. I can finally get some
0: rest. <laughs> exactly it's like oh shit i can actually just go back to group therapy sessions now um i did love uh, this just randomly popped in my head i love the uh the little addition when she's talking with edward on the phone and she's like oh you haven't been at the you haven't been at the group therapies and she, he's like how do, you, how do you know and she's like because, because <laughs> i cheated and then uh He's like, "Well, I got a new thing." And it's for men only. And she's like, "Oh, is it like that t- testicular cancer yeah. thing?" <laughs> <laughs> I like that I like that little addition. Like, I don't know whether it was the screenwriter who did it or she ad-libbed it, but it's it's great. I know there's a lot of random little ad-libs in this movie uh and like random instances like the the scene where they're playing golf. Yeah. Uh outside the outside the house and they were actually drunk and the cameramen just happened to have the camera on Oh,
1: that's amazing
0: like that they weren't actually they weren't actually shooting like they were just actually having fun together and being drunk and actually hitting golf balls oh and then the uh um when tyler's talking about uh she's like she says crazy shit in bed and um in the book she's like um she says i want to have your abortion that yeah. was actually the line they were going to use in the movie, but uh, the studio forced them to change it. And somehow David Finch was like, he was like really pissed off that they were forcing him to change it. And they were like, all right, we're only do one take, and that's what's going in. And so they came up with the. Um, I, uh, I haven't been fucked like that since grade school, which, which actually is so pissed much the worse. studio <laughs> off even more. Yeah, yeah, they pissed the studio <laughs> off even more. And but because of. Uh, I guess they were able to contractually do it. They were able, they had to keep it and it's just great. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah. Uh, I'm try- uh, uh, other changes that I noticed was um, in the book, there's no, the uh, the Joe, the owner of the bar yeah. or Lou Louie, um, uh, the owner of the bar. There's none, there's none of that. And I think that is a great little addition Like, just sort of where Brad Pitt's just bleeding all over him. And And
1: laughing maniacally. (laughs) It's the best
0: scene. (laughs) It's a fun scene. Mm -hmm. And And then he's like, at
1: the end, he's just like, come back next week. You'll love it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: oh so good i I do i i uh first obviously the soundtrack is fantastic and i'm just going to point out that the fact that when they first walk into the bar to do the fight club that they used a tom Waits song and i very much appreciated that so you um, know what michael yeah
1: i wasn't sure that was tom waits but i was like that fucking sounds like tom waits and michael will tell me for sure if it is tom waits (laughs) And I'm so glad <laughs> oh, you yeah. brought it up.
0: <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, it's a great song. In case um, our
1: listeners don't know, Michael is Tom Waits' biggest fan.
0: Pretty much. Uh, I listen to way too much Tom Waits. I, I haven't like, I've sort of, I go through like periods where like I'll just like listen to him really heavily, and then sort of. But aren't like, you consistent,
1: consistently in his top one percent of Spotify listeners?
0: <laughs> <laughs> something like that <laughs> uh, yeah, Because um, i like 'cause I like a lot of his like weird albums, but this this is not a this is not a podcast about Tom Waits. We can do a Tom Waits movie another time uh so true um
1: for me, the but, end of the year is when I find out how many tens of thousands of hours I've spent on true crime podcasts um so that's always fun for me,
0: <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> and you know. Another change Mm -hmm. that I actually kind of missed this was in the novel, they first really start making mass-making soap out of Marla's grandmother's fat, and Mm -hmm. she gets really mad that they used up her, quote, college and trust fund, which is also just a great name for it. Um, But there's that great scene in the movie when they're robbing the, you know, biohazard place and the... Fat and blood just spills all over Ed Norton as it gets oh, hooked yeah. in the chain link fence.
0: <laughs> I think it was a smart change because, like, it's not because to do that whole scene with it being Marla's mom, you'd have to set all of that up, and that True. takes time. Which instead, it's like, oh no, we're just going to sneak in and just take this shit. Um, it's, it's quicker, and I, I, it's like a two minute scene basically, but it, the audience understands what they're doing. Yeah. So, it was a smart choice. And uh, same with they—they uh, they didn't go into like deep detail in what Project Mayhem does. I mean, they sort of—I guess they had like a slight montage, but like the book kind of goes really heavy into it um, in the beginning and how there's like all these different committees and stuff and and homework um, assignments for the week. Mm-hmm.
1: Although I do yeah, love so only um, I love that scene of the When they're blowing up the fountain display And then that big rolling ball Is just crashing through the building That was really good
0: Yeah but Bob died
1: I know His name is Robert Paulson
0: uh, What a beautiful 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 manly tits
1: <laughs> I mean I wanted to be in that hug Myself, they did a good oh, job yeah. of conveying I, how comforting that hug is.
0: Mm-hmm. Those are some bosoms I would like, I, I could fall asleep to. <laughs> <sighs> also, okay, so another good I, change mm-hmm.
1: this has been one of my big gripes is you know, there's the scene where our narrator's on the bus, and then holy shit, it's all Project Mayhem, folks, and they're going to castrate him. Yes, and that chapter just ends so vaguely. Where you don't know how he got out. He does say at the start of the next chapter, he's intact. So you're like, I guess that's fine. But I do love how they changed it to he's going to the police station and then he gets out of it by stealing a gun. And then there's that really great scene. He's running out in his underwear and he's just like, anyone who follows me is going to get a, a lead salad. <laughs> and it's such oh, a good line. Oh,
0: yes. I love that line. <laughs> and in fact, I'm going to use that for one of the bookends, so.
1: Yes, Perfect
0: uh or I'm just gonna throw it in right here, so I'm gonna pause for a second first person comes out this fucking door gets a, gets a lead salad you understand all right, we're good uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh no it's uh that's like I feel like he he had to have ad libbed that that just is just ridiculous um same thing with the uh the the first kid who joins Project Mayhem and, like, he's, like, berating the people trying to get in. He's like, and and you're too blonde.
1: <laughs> oh, Angel faced Jared Leto before he went crazy and started his own cult. There's just this huge-ass theme yeah. of cults.
0: Uh, fucking Jared Leto, but... Anywho, um. uh, <laughs> at least he got his face beaten up in this movie.
1: Uh, yeah, if he ever annoys you, go back to that scene. Watch his face get pummeled in.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, there's a line. There's a lot of great lines mm-hmm. in this novel. But one I particularly adore is... Alright, so we're back to the wait waiting gig. And it's mm-hmm. the first time we really see proof that they're altering the food. And it's Tyler Durden putting his dick inside the soup, and they did add that scene in the movie where he's like, "Oh don't don't look at me, I can't go if you're looking. But in the novel it the narrator says what um, the soup must have been really warm because what Tyler put back in his pants looked like a cooked prawn. and I thought that was so well
0: written. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Yeah, Chuck has has those great little like one-liners. And then there's that great or scene um,
1: when he's eating with Marla, and she asks for the clam chowder, and then he just turns to the waiter and goes, "No extra toppings, please." And the waiter's like, "Might I advise the lady against the soup then?"
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: I will say, and um, well, now that I'm thinking on it, it's it might be not entirely correct because I'm I'm now. I'm now thinking on a little bit more, but I was gonna say how uh, the people out in the world, because uh, like everyone starts like shaving their heads if they're part of Project Mayhem, but I just realized not everyone who's in Fight Club is a part of Project Mayhem. Mm-hmm. So I was like about this, uh, like it's something that like kind of bothered me when I was like watching it. I was like, wait, why are like all the police officers and stuff not bald? But the pers- it does bother me that Jared Leto's ca- character. Never shaves his head.
1: I had that thought.
0: Mm-hmm. That bothered me too. Like you can't. You can't be a part of Project Mayhem if you don't fucking shave your head. Like you're you're a goddamn space monkey. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So. It's that was that was strange. Uh, I also a uh, one little inconsistency that I noticed was so it's after the narrator has his hand, you know kissed by tyler durden he has the mark um he's he's with he's with marla and they're walking through a place and i forget exactly where it is but they're walking through a place and she 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 asks him what's wrong with his hand and he's like never mind we're not going to talk about it but then later on about like about like 30 to 40 minutes later in the film they're having a fight and at the at the house and then she's like oh no what happened to your hand and, but she already, though they didn't talk about it, she shouldn't have been that excited about seeing or uh, distraught about seeing his hand because she has already noticed it earlier in the film. Yeah. Slight inconsistency.
1: I don't remember. I thought the first one wasn't from the kiss. It was, he had just been fighting. And so his hand was fucked up. But maybe I'm remembering wrong.
0: I'm pretty sure it's, was right after he he had the kiss um just kidding i'm almost positive like i'm like 90 percent positive on that so i mean i could be wrong hey one of our viewers go through and let us know who's right um i'm not going back through
1: (laughs) i will say there are a lot of really clever hints in the novel as to you know the big reveal and oh yeah the timeline of the movie is a little different, so it's not set up the same way. I mean, obviously, some things are different about how they first meet. Uh, it's on the nude beach, but mm-hmm. when the novel starts,
0: which is such a shame because we didn't get to see Brad Pitt nude. We didn't get to see him hang dong.
1: Well, you know, sorry everyone. <laughs> Write a letter to your local congress person and complain. <laughs> um. But, yeah, the the novel... We
0: demand Brad's wiener.
1: (laughs) Free the peen. Um, But, right, so you have this whole setup really early on when the narrator's talking about waking up at all these different airports and all these different airplanes, and it's directly juxtaposed by Brad Pitt waking up at his projectionist job. Because, as you come to find out, Our narrator is himself during the day, and Tyler Durden takes over at night. And even though he's feeling more restful, he's not actually sleeping. Because Tyler's doing shenanigans. But yeah, you had that early setup of, you wake up at this airport, you know, tiny life, all these little portions. And then you wake up at the projectionist booth, you have a nightmare that you forgot to change the reel. And it's already setting up this parallel between the two characters, uh, which I thought was really Mm -hmm. clever. And then, you know, all the instances of... Really early on, I know this because Tyler knows this. Because, secret I mean, they do have yep. the same mind. Um, so that's really clever.
0: And and also when he's at the doctor and he says, sometimes Tyler speaks for me.
1: Yeah. Well, because that's the thing with your... If you have the sort of imaginary aspect of yourself that is more capable, it's you already know the answer, but you see someone as having more confidence to actually give a very suave answer like that so it's the narrator but of course tyler's going to say the really interesting cool savvy things
0: right exactly and uh that's where like like rereading it like sometimes with like because most of chuck Palinuk's books have like a twist ending and sometimes they kind of feel like red herrings but rereading this i'm like it's not really a red herring. I think there's enough um, probable cause for the twist that um, you can pick up on it, and it's, it's, uh, it's not a true red herring. So I, I think the book does it better than the movie does, though I do love all of the little instances of blips of Brad Pitt appearing before they ever meet. In the film, I think that was yeah. a great way of presenting that um, Tyler Durden is seeping through into his consciousness.
1: And I saw four instances of that.
0: There's supposedly there's six. Um, I guess technically, I, I think if that if you count the the uh, the airport before they meet on like sitting next to each other, that one okay. shot. But there's the. Him at the doctor and Brad Pitt blips behind him. There's at the uh, at one of the group therapies, mm-hmm. he blips behind the, the 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 leader, whoever, whoever, whoever you call it, the leader of the group therapy session. Um, he appears when he's talking to Marla outside in the street when, when they're g- exchanging numbers. He like peers uh, yeah. on the sidewalk. He appears in the office, and he also appears on the uh, the hotel video.
1: Oh, I missed that one. When they're one. showing okay. like the service,
0: when, when they're sh- when they're showing the service staff, if you look far to the right, Tyler Durden's in the uniform. Form. Um, <laughs> that's There's awesome. like Brad Pitt all the way over there. <laughs> yeah. So there's those five that I know of, and I think the sixth one that's considered is when. Like it's, it's, I mean, the shot literally zooms right on him. Um, so I don't, I, I could be wrong. Maybe there's another one that I don't know about, but, um, yeah, those are, those are the five that I know and I'm adding the airport, uh, moving runway, whatever you call the speed walking runways in the airports. So
1: I will say, um, Another change I really liked. there are certain lines in the novel where the narrator will be like, Marla says, and in the movie they just had her deliver the line, which was really clever. Mm -hmm. And then in the novel, the narrator kind of just states that what he enjoys about support groups is people are actually listening to you instead of waiting for their turn to speak, but in the movie you know, it's one of those things where he starts saying it and Marla kind of echoes how he feels. So it's kind of a really nice early on connection with the two. Um,
0: yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That was a cute moment. And then one of my favorite fucking parts of this whole movie is, all right, you know, they have their support animals that they think about in the therapy, and he sees the penguin, mm-hmm. and the penguin's like, slide, and then when the next ah. time he's there, <laughs> it's Marla just turning over with her cigarette in hand and sardonically going, slide and it's so well delivered she totally kills it
0: oh yeah yeah she's the perfect marla Like mm-hmm. just looks and everything uh i mean of course you know like i said hey i'm not gonna complain anytime there's a hell a hell in a of cars in a film um i i enjoy her being on screen so yeah she's just she's just a and then, of course, all of like the slow motion when she's smoking. Just, oof. Yep. Looks fucking hot. <laughs> I will say, though, the uh, the movie has one of the weird... I mean, it's, I guess technically it's a dream sequence, but weirdest fucking sex scene. <laughs> <laughs> it's just CGI and looks really weird.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think before I ever actually saw the full-length movie, I came across that scene. It was, like, the first scene I ever saw Fight Club, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it was an interesting choice, I guess. It it might have been their way around showing too much nudity, but showing some.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's also, I guess, a way of them portraying the fact that Uh, the narrator was thinking about fucking her and then like how it's it's said in the in the novel was he was was, um, dreaming about humping Marla and then the next day she's or he wakes up and she's at his house and she was fucking Tyler so I think it was their way of portraying that but it is I I don't know I I feel like there's got to have been a better way of doing it you know
1: yeah Like maybe if he was having a dream, because I mean, they do show it well later on where she's back in his cave and instead of her imitating the penguin, he's leaning over to kiss her.
0: Yeah. And then she smokes in his face or whatever.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Another great scene. Mm
0: -hmm. Which is great because like, you know, in in the novel, he's always sort of trying to bring back the that uh, that chakra, the, the, your, aunt, your spirit animal, but it doesn't work out because Tyler's taking over. So I think it was a great, like, all of those. Is it, they also sort of did that with uh, when they did the lie on the hand with the kiss, and he was trying to leave, and Tyler's like, no, stay in this moment. Feel the pain. This is yeah. real. So, um, but it's like... Sort of going into uh since we've we've talked about some of the differences and stuff, it's interesting though, and obviously and and I think it's just the way things are done, and part of it is is the fact that you know visual medium convey things differently. I do think the movie does give off the and why it, I think this story gets misinterpreted by a lot of people is because of the film. It does give off that, uh, you know, uh, be overly masculine. That's what society needs. (laughs) And that uh, basically we need to go back to um, basically, you know, fighting our way through life. Yeah. Which I argue more of the point of the story is the fact that a lot of people with that type of mentality end up joining cults and terrorist groups uh like you'll see it like that's how isis happens and uh it's a good <laughs> it's a good thing this shit never happens in the United States you know that's, we never have issues with uh, a bunch of young males uh following a random leader to do harm to people uh that's not happened at all um <laughs> But well,
1: uh and I'm gonna say part of it I mean like anything that is shown to its exaggerated violent state, it starts off making some sense. It's it's like cults too. You know. Um Jim Jones talked a lot about racial inequality and the fact that society wasn't really taking care of people and it's easy to look down on people that are cult members and wonder why they stayed in a bad situation, but people don't realize cults start off being pretty wholesome and highlighting um, some actual oh. injustice. Um, or, I mean, but you know, you see it a lot. I mean, the Nexium people started off pretending this was some sort of uh, corporate performance enhancement seminar. And then people were buying a lot into it and doing these things that seemed really silly to them, like having to wear certain color sash as they moved up the ranks. But they just thought it was some silly ritual at first. And then it started weirding them out more as time went on. But, I mean, and then this novel, it starts off telling you, you know, a lot of people are angry because we're shown... Commercials about glamorous lives and all of that, and we're realizing a lot of us are just kind of cogs in a capitalist machine, and a lot of people are really disillusioned. And there's a lot of truth to that. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean you need to start, you know, being violent, but it's tapping into a very real, helpless feeling a lot of members of society have. But I will say so in the novel, though, these ideas are presented more as. It's on these leaflets leaflets Tyler wants him to put out. And then in the movie, it's glorified a little bit because it's Brad Pitt talking to the whole room of guys that are fighting, and it has more of a meaningful impact the way the movie does it. Um,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So I think that might have had something to do with it, is he's giving it a sort of this pep talk, so it might be easier for someone to take as Oh shit, this is very legitimate and yeah, and they identify with that.
0: Yeah, I have nothing I think you said it well. I'm not I have nothing to add to that. Um but I I agree with what you just said. Um So
1: Well, thank you.
0: The mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I'm not I was like I was like uh, I was like I was like listening and I'm like, yeah, yeah, nothing to add. You you said it you said it well. <laughs> um so yeah, yeah, so I mean I I I I I'm because I, I I can't think of anything else, but I want to uh get to the the last thing that I can think of um that's very different is the ending. Yeah. Um how do you feel about the two different endings?
1: I like aspects of both. I know that's really towing the line, mm-hmm. but for example, <laughs> I do love in the movie when Tyler Durden is beating him up. First of all, Brad Pitt's over-the-top sort of like fighting style, and it's actually really funny. Um, I really enjoyed oh, that yeah. scene. And then also, Where he like props throws to... his
0: jacket off like he's like some like anime character.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and the sound effects. <laughs> I love that. And then also, uh, when um, our narrator shoots at him. And he's getting really mad because he's like, there's a big truck of fucking nitroglycerin behind me. Like, be careful. <laughs> um, and then I don't know if Ed Norton literally just crab walked like someone was pulling his hair. And I know you just see it on the security cameras, but holy shit, good job. Um,
0: yeah, I was like, I'm wondering if they use a person with a green suit. To, yeah. Like, and they just and they just like edited it out, composite it out. Because I'm like... That looks hard, and, like, he moved really fast. I was Mm -hmm. like, holy shit.
1: But as far as, like, okay, so we're upstairs. Differences. I know you have, you know, Marla comes of her own accord with the support group. Because in the novel, he has gone to see her at the support group and told her, get out of town, leave. And she shows up with the support group. They follow him anyway because they're like, don't kill yourself. You know, we can help you. And then...
0: In the end, the support group was there for him, so it was kind of nice, actually.
1: Yeah, and I do like the fact that he realized Tyler Durden was all in his head. Like, they're already hinting at it more and more strongly, and he does have kind of a moment of realization with Tyler, but it's really cemented because Marlo walks in and Tyler disappears because they've never been in the same room at the same time before. Um, Mm -hmm. So I liked... The way that was handled. But then he shoots himself anyway. Which is a little less... And I guess in the movie it just seemed a little more clear cut. He's like, ah, if you have the knife, I have the knife. And then he shoots himself and doesn't see Tyler. And that makes its own kind of sense. And then, But Marla being kind of just brought in by force doesn't quite have the same impact as far as their dynamic at this point. Because again, I mean, obviously Marla... You can do better. You can be with someone who doesn't have a bunch of little peons running around who want to hurt you because they think you know too much, and who dismisses you and calls you, alternate, you know, right. alternatingly and But, but she still showed right. up for him.
0: Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, obviously, the book, the book. We don't know if the plan fully went through. Right. We just know because in in the end there's like the chapter after he blows his face and he wakes up uh he's saying that he's in heaven but it's really he's in a hospital and uh he's 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 talking to god or whatever but it's uh, really the doctor and and the nurses and the nurses are like the angels and stuff um and the angels are like i think he, he mentions he's like the angels are like the pl- we can't wait to have you back, Ty- Tyler, Mr. Durden. Uh, the plan that we're we're looking for the plan going through and the next steps and uh, I forget exactly how it's worded. I could look it up in my book right here, but I'm too lazy. Um, <laughs> and I kind of like that where it's like it's like even though he has. Like th- that's where like the movie, like and the book have a different weight to it in the end. And the in the in the book, it's and why I can understand how there could be sequels. And I do want to read the graphic novels. I haven't done it yet, but it's it's even though he's gotten rid of Tyler, people still view him as Tyler. Mm-hmm. And there's this movement hasn't stopped it's still it's still outside of his control and there may be nothing he can do about it cuz he's might have taken it too far.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I I like that about the book ending that um it doesn't wrap up cleanly. It doesn't wrap up with a nice uh little plop of a of a of a massive cock on screen. So,
1: but I did like that though. <laughs>
0: I was about to say, I was like, I bet you did. I bet you enjoyed that, uh, that, that, <laughs> that, that, that nice big dong.
1: But I do. Yeah, I do know what you mean. I. There is something, uh, I guess, kind of anarchist romance fantasy about them holding hands and watching the buildings come down. Um,
0: With the Pixies playing in the background.
1: And I do love the line. You know, as the blood is still gushing from his neck of, you met me at a very strange time in my life.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a very quotable line. Yeah. Um, I'll start using that on my Tinder profile.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, that's uh. the nice thing about both a solid book and a solid movie. There's differences, but I'm just kind of really glad they both exist, you know?
0: Mm-hmm yeah and it's it's pretty much as perfect of an adaption to Fight Club as you can get and with with some nice added extra stuff and some really cool visuals and um
1: and I hope they don't remake this shit I don't
0: think like uh, I don't think it'll work like it's just because of like the time period like it just, I don't think it would work. Yeah, I mean, that's it the thing. Fits so per- it just fits so perfectly at end of the 90s, end of the century, like, mentality. Um, and I feel like Fight Club has helped actually influence people in a certain way, sort of, uh, um, in terms of looking at capitalism in a certain light and, and, and uh, certain things, other things about our society. So I feel like, it uh it would be hard to remake it because it's so impactful for culture at its time.
1: Yeah. Also, I there is something about the phenomenon of Y2K and then movies like Fight Club and The Matrix happening around the same time, like sort of mm-hmm. just questioning the fabric of what holds society together. Um it made for some really interesting you know art at that time
0: don't forget don't forget uh oh my goodness how did I just i just oh my god I just out down on the name of the movie uh what is it called uh give me one second i really like this film uh dark no that's not it <laughs> god damn it it came out it came out literally like at the same time as the matrix and dark city dark city it came out in 1998 i think it's literally the same year as the matrix um, it's a, Dark City's a great, great movie. Okay, Na- Matrix was 99, but came out right before The Matrix, but The Matrix kind of overshadowed it, and I, I really like Dark City. It has some really cool sets and stuff. Um, are we, are we living, are we living in a, in a cyber, cyber world, Andrea?
1: I mean... Are we...
0: I've been down the rabbit hole
1: of shitty YouTube videos where people take some footage and be like, we promise this is not doctored. This bird stopped flying in midair. This is proof the Matrix exists. (laughs) Or like, do you remember that whole town was freaked out because there was some sort of like, I want to say they were using like a spotlight to advertise something, but the program had an issue. So because they saw this glowing uh error screen in the sky everyone freaked out and thought they were in a simulation
0: (laughs) i don't know about this but please send me the article i'm gonna find it
1: it's insane um
0: (laughs) we'll have to put it into the uh into the description of the of the of the show so so other so our listeners can can read it as well
1: yep definitely um but yeah i don't know you know i don't alien contact i don't know anymore but no one's paying attention to that because the world's on fire um i don't know what the hell's gonna happen (laughs) at this point Uh, i want to kind of live a bit just because i'm curious what in the world's next for the great human experiment
0: yeah we're we're unfortunately not living in boring times
1: (laughs) i doomed us all when i said that I'm taking all the blame, okay? I
0: you mean, know, I'm, reading I'll, history, I'm,
1: I'm, feeling like, oh, this is a sad time to be alive. We're not going to do anything worthy of history books. Well, that's a two way street, my friend.
0: <laughs> From now on, when I read a really sad article, I'm going to call you off and be like, "Damn you, Andrea!" <laughs> yeah. I
1: will say this is a pretty shit matrix, the four in one.
0: I mean, it's. I mean the the fabric held pretty well for a while. <laughs> yeah i'll say uh like you know it could be worse people could be uh uh this is this is for all my gamer friends out there <laughs> uh every, people random people could be t posing on the street so like in like in cyberpunk twenty seventy seven so it could be worse
1: I heard that game wasn't that good
0: uh yeah i I haven't played it, and having seen how terrible the bugs are. It doesn't interest me.
1: Oh, and for this week, if you're not aware of the Harry Potter connection, it's Helena Bonham Carter, and you should be ashamed of yourself. You should have her IMDb memorized title and mm-hmm. year.
0: You mm-hmm Should watch everything. Anything has not been her in. phone number, you know. If anyone's her phone number, <laughs> just, you know, please send it. to send it to me real quick. That'd be kind of nice.
1: And I'll um. fight Michael to the death with it. We're gonna do our own <laughs> <laughs> Fight Club, and whoever survives gets hold of bottom Carter's phone number.
0: <laughs> y- you kidding me? She doesn't want either of us calling her. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, whoever wins is going to get um a I'm fr- I'm blanking for fuck's sake. One of those pieces of paper that potentially gets people to stay away from you.
0: Restraining order. Oh yeah Yes. It's a restraining order. Jesus Christ. right I'll let you in then. I'll let you in. I don't (laughs) want a restraining order from Helena.
1: Whatever. Um so Michael, what are we covering next week? Um
0: so since we're still doing books that influence our reading, um Yeah we still have one more Sunday. Okay. Uh we're going to be doing Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy cuz it's a book that I read uh in middle school that really changed my mind about how stories have to be told and also how silly and ridiculous they can get and I love Douglas Adams and uh if 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 you're one of our readers or one of our listeners who aren't partial to reading there is a fantastic audio version narrated by Stephen Fry. Um, yes, please. Plus also just, just the history of the story of Hitchhiker's Guide is great, and it's it's something I want to talk about. So, um, yeah, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is going to be my choice, and it, uh, it also has some great actors in the movie. Uh, there's also a TV show version, and I might watch an episode or two of that just to sort of um, look, just to sort of see Because I haven't ever watched it But
1: Awesome, I'm excited mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, me too I actually wish we could just go through All of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxies Because the entire series is Probably my favorite Series of books of all time
1: High praise indeed
0: mm-hmm.
1: So what we've got going on Next month We're doing Romance stories that are not just romance stories, you know, not your typical chocolate company Hallmark month shit, but things that are,
0: mm-hmm.
1: they have more layers and have been marketed as pure romances and that does them a disservice. So that's going to be fun. Yep.
0: We've just been thinking like, about Just like, uh, just like the, that, 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 the movie we're, we've all been waiting for, the, uh, that KFC Colonel Sanders film that's coming out.
1: <laughs> sure.
0: <laughs> and I can't wait to watch a sexy version of Colonel Sanders uh, played played by uh, fucking Mario Lopez. Mm-hmm. I mean l- l- oh wait no it's a re- it already came out. Oh my god, I missed it. Oh shit, it's already out. <laughs> All right. Uh I have to watch it. It's called a Recipe for Seduction. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs>
1: that's a horrible name, Jesus Christ.
0: Oh, I love it. Uh yeah, so that's uh Hitchhiker's Guide's next week and then, you know, uh we'll uh we'll be a uh, reading some some sweet sweet love stories with y'all in february
1: we'll be reading them to you quietly softly in your ear uh mm-hmm. stay safe if you have proof from the matrix send it to us we'll use our keen investigative skills to let you know if it's dumb or not um yeah
0: yeah and uh as always we love you good night get some rest uh don't fall to insomnia and start a fight club and take uh, try to take care society. So uh but we'll we'll uh we'll see y'all next week.
1: Yep. Um thanks for joining us. Bye-bye now. Bye.
0: Go ahead. Good news. You can cry. <laughs> and then something happened I let go lost in oblivion dark and silent and complete I found freedom
1: losing all hope was freedom
0: babies don't sleep this well